The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 331 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Voss, joined, as always, by Mr. Rage himself, Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? Yes, I have been trying to see Rage Against the Machine for two decades, and I might actually see them in a month without fast, because we were supposed to see them two years ago. I just meant that you were filled with ire. Uh, oh. uh, no, I'm joking. Yeah, no, Nick and I, was, I bought tickets to go see Rage Against the Machine and run the jewels at Madison Square Garden. Been looking forward to the show for two years. What happens? I can't go with Nick. I move over to the West Coast. It's ridiculous. I can't make <laughs> Whose it fault is that? I had a baby, even worse. It's ridiculous. I can't make it. That show is going to be absolutely fantastic. Again, uh, as you just heard, uh, 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 as you might have heard last week, I'm traveling. I apologize for the less than fantastic audio quality. Oh, this, this is probably okay. These are nice Bose. It's all right. It's fine. Yeah. Headphones. It's not yeah. terrible. But in case you notice a dip, you're going to have one more week of it, and then we're going to be back to that pristine, beautiful blue mm. Yeti uh, oh, sound. But that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about no. that. Nick, Nick, we're, we're actually recording the podcast a little bit later than usual. It's 10 p.m. on a Tuesday yeah. night. There have already been a, a slew of starts, some great, well, mostly great, that we're going to talk about over the course of this list because they're really going to impact the way that the list is going. But uh, it, it, the last thing I'm going to say before we get into get get down into it, what do you, what are you doing on <laughs> what are you doing usually on Tuesday nights, but this week Wednesday nights, Nick? Uh, we're doing the Nick and Alex baseball show. Yeah, and we're doing it tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern time live. Don't worry. It's going to happen. It's going to be there. It's going to be great, mm. you know, but uh, but not this week because we had a little holiday. You might have heard of it. Holiday. We had a little you bit know? of holiday, so we had to push it a little bit back. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to have all eight of my nieces and nephews and my daughter <laughs> around me. So yes! it's going to be absolutely bananas. We'll see if I, can I want them I want them. Yeah, I want them to name their favorite players. Oh, yeah. They're going to say like Michael Jordan or something, right? Oh, they don't know a single player. The only yeah, ones right. who are cognizant, they all live in France. So they truly will not what? know a, yeah, a single player. Oh, um, but that's not what uh, we're talking about today. No. We're talking about the top 100. And it's yeah. a, uh, how, how would you give, give us one word that you would describe this top 100? I mean, I know the exact word you were going to say. So that's what I'm going to say. What? Doozy. Dude, I was gonna say spicy. Oh, it's spicy. Spicy. I mean, there are there are a couple of things. I will say I messed up once. I'm just gonna tell you right now, I'm apologizing now. And you don't know what it is, what it's for. But we're gonna get there and you can be like, oh, that's what Nick is apologizing oh, for. Oh, what and, is this? I can't yeah. believe he did this. How what, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm person? sorry. I'm really sorry I did this to you fast. Okay. Um I apologize. But no, anyway, no. this is spicy. This is spicy. This is spicy. Okay, great. Um, uh, we're <laughs> going to dive in. We're, we're going to jump into to tier one, which is uh, one through five. Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan, Sandy Alcantara, Zach Wheeler. Yeah. And uh, God, what is today's trying... theme? What is today's theme fast? Because if you guys well, don't know, I, of course, always do the tiers. What was it called and why is it called that? And what Fast wanted to institute last week was to give a theme. So last week it was aquatic. Yeah. And this, this week it's going to be. This is a tough one, but we're gonna run with it. Oh no! I, because we said I said it was spicy, so it's gonna be spices. Oh no! Don't do that. <laughs> 
Can you, I, can you know, seriously, you don't do four, that. Can you name don't do that. Spices? Don't can do you, that. Can you name 14 spices? I mean, I can, I know, I know ways to make it interesting because I'm me. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to do it. We're gonna, you, you, hey, you just said, I know ways to make it interesting because oh, I'm man. me. So just you just go, just go with the podcast. Hard. Keep it going. All right, fine. I just said what the tier is. I said what the theme is. It's spices, tier one. What's it called? And why is it called that? It's called garlic because it goes with everything. Garlic because it goes with everything. Garlic with garlic powder. I can, I can get behind that. You <laughs> Who may... doesn't want more garlic? You want more Shane McClanahan in your life. Like, yeah, garlic, please, please, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a big decision that happened in this top tier yeah. this week. We had our first, uh, you know, I, I think the, the top five is, or top six has been pretty solidified for the last couple of weeks. Correct me if I'm mm -hmm. wrong, but we have a leapfrog today. And that's Sandy Alcantara jumping over Zach Wheeler. Let's get a little insight as to why that happened. I mean... The guy has a, what, 1-6 ERA right now? And he just won eight innings and 10 strikeouts and zero walks and zero runs against the Angels? The, he's going so deep into games, going farther than anyone else. He might go 230 innings this year. Uh, I felt, you know, this is, it makes me very happy to see de facto McClanahan, Alcantara, Wheeler, just so we're clear here. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think anyone would understand that Alcantara is just getting the volume and because of that he deserves that fourth spot over wheeler right now this is i'm going to take a look at this right now and this is going to be a tough thing to to figure yeah, and out as, and I, as you look at that uh yeah. shane mcclanahan is not moving up from number three i i really wanted to do it in my bones i know all of twitch chat was yelling at me before it um but at the end of the day burns and cole have been so good for longer than mcclanahan has and I know McClanahan has been better. All of the red stuff, all of that, uh, like the, the, our charts and everything, the, the bars on our player pages, right? The stack ass data. Mm -hmm. But it's just, I can't yet. It's three months. It's been amazing, but I'm not quite ready to say that, you know, he's number two or even number one. So if Cole messes up, McClanahan's swooping in there to number two. I'm trying to find out right now who the last Cy Young winner was on a losing team. Maybe, I mean, I, I think of Felix Hernandez. I he think of like Corey Kluber, the, maybe. Kluber was on a winning team when he was won. winning. OK, if, if this is chronological, which I think it is, then if Felix Hernandez is the penalty. Nope, no, 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 no. They, they had a winning season that year, it looks like. Okay. The last one, what, you, you got the team right. The Mets. Mm -hmm. I Harvey. It was no, I don't think Harvey. Harvey didn't. Did Harvey? I'm just trying to think of anyone that was no. good. It was R. A. Dickey. Oh, duh. Yeah, R. A. Dickey. Do you remember like how was. many people thought it was the stupidest thing ever to get Noah Syndergaard and Travis Darno? I had such a fun time hearing all of that. We just traded away a Cy Young winner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's interesting. That's a, that's a good trivia question. I like that trivia question. We're going to move on to tier two, which is a, a little bit larger. Sorry. Just yes. It's fun. late, guys. We're getting we're getting a little dip into delirium. It's wonderful. Oh, this is people are going to love this. Uh, Justin <laughs> Verlander, Joe Musgrove, Max Scherzer, Carlos Rodon, Kevin Gaussman, Alec Manoa, Shohei Otani. What's it called? Why is it called that? Spice. All right. There. Okay. So I'm going to say... <laughs> It, it's it's the flavor town it's it's flavor town okay? like yeah, yeah because i think yeah. a lot of people look at some of these and you know they go like oh carlos rodon isn't necessarily doing as well you know gaussman just got hurt manoa i don't know and there's a lot of uh, you know i don't really watch flavor town or dives, dives and dashes or whatever it's called <laughs> i don't even remember <laughs> this, this show diners dives and dashes is that what it's called oh my god that's what's it amazing. called fast is it like diners drive-ins and dives or something oh that sounds right yeah <laughs> dashes <laughs> you dash into like a fast food i thought that okay fine um okay. Uh, there's a there's a lot of like negative energy towards him and he's, he's amazing. a great guy he he's amazing guy. that's my point is that like no those these starters are are really really great and do not deserve any flack at all. So that's okay. why I wanted to go with Flavor Town here. So obviously you created, you created the list during the day. Um, Max Scherzer re-debuts up at number eight. 
Um, he, you know, obviously after the period he had off, you don't know if there's going to be a little bit of rust, maybe not because it's Max Scherzer. Indeed, no rust. He goes to Cincinnati, no which can obviously be a very good offensive ballpark. <laughs> Six frames with no walks, two hits and 11 Ks. Uh, with with 15 called uh, swinging strikes, excuse me. Is that is he already working his way back up into tier one? Is that all you needed to see? I mean, also a tick up on the fastball, 94.5 as opposed to 93.5. So yeah, I mean, I, you can make an argument that Verlander belongs in tier one, and there may be some shenanigans that I do about extending tier one. Um, there's a feeling that Verlander is doing it, and we're all like, really though, I. And I, I would, I think, put Scherzer at six, if not five, in tier one at the moment. So, sorry, okay. Wheeler. I love you, Wheeler, but I don't know. I don't know yet. I mean, he's going to be in tier one next week regardless. Now, a majority of people um, behind Scherzer fell because of Scherzer's inclusion. Uh, Gaussman falls a spot. Manoa falls a spot, which makes sense. Carlos Rodon, however, falls two with Joe Musgrove leapfrogging over him. What's the rationale behind that? I just like the fact that I heard you say Musgrove instead of Musgrove. And I know you didn't, but that's just what I heard. And I kind of dig it. Okay. Like it's like a musky grobe. Um, But I. What's happening? Nick, it's it's 10, 17 p.m., not 2 a.m. I'm an exhausted man. It has been a long day. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I've had meetings. I've had two streams. I've had to do the list. I had yep. to go into the city. I had to do things. Oh, that's the, honestly, that's the one that I, I <laughs> to the most really going into Manhattan. That'll, that'll All right. Yeah. Uh, Rodon, um, last two starts have been a little bit depressed in the velocity wise. It was actually 93.5, which was really terrifying. It was up to 95. Musgrove honestly was there and then he got COVID and then came back and wasn't sharp in the first start back from COVID. And there was a little bit of, of worry that Musgrove was, uh, you know, just needed more time to recover. And he was stellar against, uh, I believe, the Dodgers over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You're Joe Musgrove again. Beautiful. You're back to seven. Okay. And Shohei Otani leaps over Severino, Nola, and Bieber. What is it that brought him at to the back end of tier two? Shohei Otani, I think I was uh, at the beginning of the year, I've been saying a lot like, look, he threw 130 innings last year, um, 23 starts. And I felt that it was the cap, right? He wasn't on the IL the entire year, but that kind of, to me, felt as if that was what the destiny of Otani was, right? Mm. And here we are, you know, it's July 5th. And Otani has just continued to pitch. Yes, it's 74 innings as opposed to maybe 90, 95. And we are going to get a little bit less than or fewer innings than the other guys, but it's not like 130, I don't think. And he's just so good. 34% K rate, 101 whip, and a 268 year, right? And I feel that, yes, you might get a few, you know, two or three fewer starts, but it's that good that he deserves it at this point. All right. We're going to move on to the next tier, which is filled with red here, which is a little bit interesting to see so high up on the list. This is tier three, uh, 13 through 23. Luis Severino, Aaron Nola, Shane Bieber, Brandon Woodruff, Max Fried, Clayton Kershaw, Logan Webb, Julio Arias, Dylan Cease, Pablo Lopez, and Robbie Ray. What's it called? Why is it called that? Man, I'm already running out of my like creative <laughs> ways to make spicy work or spice There's- work. There's one I mean, place that I'm really hoping you hit, but we'll see if you get there. I mean, there there are ones that mm-hmm. we'll talk about fast. Okay, good. We will absolutely address. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you got. I mean, I'm just gonna make this the salt and pepper tier. It, okay. It's just, it's just like you know, go, you know, goes with every team. These guys, right? Okay. Garlic is the one that like you crave. It's like oh, I just need more garlic. This is like salt and pepper. It's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you're at the deli. You go make an egg and cheese, ketchup, salt, pepper. You know, it's like just one word. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm learning right? so much about your eating habits right now, and I'm really, really. Oh, I'm sorry. It. Have you never had a, a bacon, egg, and cheese? It wasn't that. It was more of just the uh, your your approach to garlic and salt and pepper is interesting to me. But this isn't a, know, this isn't a culinary podcast. It's not a culinary podcast. I I, I feel bad. Just try to learn about us, and I do want to clarify fast. What? Um, there's a lot of red because if you read the notes, you would have known, of course, Max Scherzer showing up, gave a ne- negative one, and then you have a plus four for Otani, and then you have a plus eight for Brandon Woodruff. And that's just what's going to happen. Those guys didn't actually uh, get altered a lot. Maybe Pablo Lopez a touch. He was the one. But but even I even extended the tier a bit. You know, I even like brought people in and gave them a hug. 
into tier three. So I, I feel bad because I feel like we are we often talk about this guy, but it, it is worth repeating. Uh, the last time we spoke about Brandon Woodruff, he debuted. There was a little bit of hesitancy there. He was a little bit lower on the list in the 20s. Then back-to-back, very good games. He's thrown, since his return, 11 innings, just one earned run, eight hits, no walks, and 18 Ks. Hasn't even really changed much in terms of his arsenal. Maybe he jacked up the changeup usage in that most recent start against Pittsburgh, which was interesting because it feels like every time he throws against Pittsburgh, he jacks up that changeup usage. But it picked up eight whiffs. In that last start, the start before, <clears throat> excuse me, the sinker picked up eight whiffs. Uh, so what do you think? Is this the Brandon Woodruff that everyone was expecting to see at the beginning of the year when they drafted? Yeah, you know, he really jacked up the velocity of that fastball at 97.7. And they kept it up I and mean, really jacked it up again at 96.7 in the Sunday start. <laughs> and then, you know, it was jacked up at 97.2, the one before. Okay. Uh, no, really, the last one. Good for our sponsor break, jacked yeah. up. <laughs> I just got kicked after you saying it twice in like one sentence. Um, Two straight starts coming back as fastball has been dominant. And that really is the major focal point of how Woodruff has success over the years to see him do that is everything at 13 whiffs across uh, fastballs in the first start back had nine in the, uh, in the second one. And yet eight uh, changeup whiffs in that one on Sunday. This is the Brandon Woodruff that we were promised. I feel, all right, give me one more and you'll go up into the second tier because that's where Brandon Woodruff should be. Um, so good stuff, but it was against the Rays and the Pirates. So mm. we'll see uh, See how the next one goes. Okay. Now, uh, you mentioned the majority of the followers that we see uh, just happen to be because of Max Scherzer returning and Shohei Otani jumping up. There's one person in this tier who maintains his spot, which a lot of people are going to want to hear about, and that's Robbie Ray. He has the, the most strikeouts he has picked up all year, I believe, with 12 against Oakland. Just one run over six and two-thirds. That slider, he, he uh, <laughs> amps up the usage coming in around uh, uh, 50% of the time. He takes that new sinker approach, and he kind of drops it down just a little bit, you know, really focusing on that slider a little bit, which ends up being a wonderful pitch for him, as I said, on the day. But no no real love, not enough to, to jump him over Pablo Lopez, it seems. Well, I uh, I established the roundup that Robbie Ray will get his aces going to ace after the next start because it was against the last three have been Oakland, some team called Baltimore, and then Oakland. Mm-hmm. And I can't really reward him that much for that stretch, right? I mean, even it was the Angels before that. So I, want, I wanted him to go through a little, little bit of a challenge for me to feel more solidified about the ranking of Robbie Ray. But honestly, yeah, that introduction to the sinker has changed everything. I was super skeptical skeptical when he did it against the Astros on the 6th of June. But then it worked against the Red Sox, and then all of a sudden we had this explosion of 36 strikeouts in four games. And all right, all right, Robbie Ray, uh, that's fine. I Sorry, 34 strikeouts, but that's pretty intense. And um, no, I got it right, 36. I'm good with math fast. I'm really, really good with math. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that sinker is, it's, it's normally not what I'd expect. I, uh, from Robbie Ray, who's had a success last year with four seamers and sliders. Um, but that sinker being arm side a ton is helping him get strikes that he needs and getting whiffs on that. And then making the four seamer a little harder to hit. It's just a little added deception. Cause they don't know if it's that sinker. Uh, it's pretty cool to see. So good job, Robbie Ray, just do it against a really good team and we're all set. What a wild career when you take a step back yeah. and think about how much tinkering and changing he's done. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I really cannot recall, and again, I'm not baseball's best historian, but you ever see a guy winning a Cy Young and pretty drastically changing his pitch mix? You know, or I, I understand there's a velocity component that comes with it, but that's pretty impressive to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have really bad jokes that are such stretches, and I will not say them because I know okay. you'll make fun of them, fun of me for them. So I will bail you out by bringing Thank you, you. year four, which is a tiny Thanks. little baby tier, which is 24 uh, through 28. It's Shane Boz, Tony Gonsolin, Charlie Morton, Lucas Giolito, and Frankie Montas. What's it called, and why is Frankie Montas here? Um, I'm going to say it's Dune Part 1. That's the spice I was hoping for. Uh, don't worry, buddy. I got you. Thank you. Thank you. I, always, I always got you. You know, what if I let you down? Yep. Um, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, because I, because it's essentially, I enjoy it so much, but it's just the beginning. 
And I, so Shane Boz, I, I believe will be Ace is going to Ace soon. Um, I think by the end of June, he'll have it. Same with Lucas Giolito, hopefully coming back into it. Honestly, Tony Gonsolin could, you could say that he's deserving of tier three in the middle of that where like Max Fried is. Mm. I, I can't help but be on the side that Gonsolin is a, is a little bit more smoke and mirrors than I want it to be. Um, but I can't deny the fact that he has the best hero in the National League. Um, and then Charlie Morton had that one dip two starts ago, then really rebounded. And it's really been four of his last five have just been stellar now. Uh, that's wonderful to see. And Frankie Montes did earn the Aces going to Ace label, but then had a shoulder problem in his Sunday start. Yeah. So I never gave it to him on the list because I can't, I don't really want to give it to an injured guy because essentially when you get injured, you have to re earn it. Um, so we don't know what the status of that MRI is. The doctor hasn't looked at it, apparently. It's and we're so all waiting with bated breath. The doctor's like, just so you know, I got to have my tea, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A British doctor. Yes, of course. So that's yeah. that was not the mistake that you were referring to, because, uh, you know, there's a little gray area because he's probably injured, probably not going to make his next start. But we don't know that because we still no, wait in the MRI. I'm not apologizing for that. Stop trying to chase my apology. I'm just like, uh, you know, you probably you would be surprised considering he's probably. Oh, baby. What? Oh, my goodness. I I have I because you made me upset. Now I watch every Orioles game. Orioles just tied it up in the bottom of the ninth after blowing the save in the bottom of the ninth. Rugnet Odor to the hanging curveball. Wait, did Jorge Lopez mess up again? No, this time they went to Felix Bautista. It's spreading through the bullpen. But now it's okay. it's, it's always been that way fast. It's not spreading. It's just endemic. What are you, what are you talking? I'm not even getting to this. Right now. <laughs> what, what, what is your shirt right now? What are you wearing fast? This is my Adley Rutschman jersey. <laughs> That's very funny. Are you like uh, trying like every single time now you're always going to wear an Orioles shirt until. No, it's just when I'm traveling half my stuff, especially when I'm traveling to Maryland. I'm like, yeah, baby, we're wearing uh. that Orioles stuff today. <laughs> Um, no, I do want to hit a little bit on Lucas Giolito. You touched on him briefly, but, you know, a week or so ago, actually, it was the podcast last week. We were, uh, you know, dunking on him a little bit. Are we going to start him against San Francisco that night? He has a pretty good start against L.A., which kind of erases all doubt. Or, you know, it seems like you're feeling a little bit more confident as he arises five spots. Yeah, I actually love the fact that Giolito is throwing his change up down. Mm-hmm. And if you... Think about the years of, you know, or trying to remember strike zone plots of Lucas Giolito because you're like us. You know, this is how I think of guys all the time. It's just a strike zone plot just framed in my in my bedroom wall, all my bedroom wall. Uh, I can bedroom say words. Wall. <laughs> bedroom wall. Oh, my God. All right. Anyway, Giolito would be like the Nile of of red and green, like a rope straight through the middle of the strike zone, high and low. But now he's actually throwing like just green that's low. Mm. And that's traditionally where changeups should be thrown. There is a lot of interesting philosophy about uh, throwing high changeups for strikes. That is, guys think it's the fastball, they take it, or they think it's that high heater and they swing above it, right? Um, but uh, Giulio is having success throwing low changeups right now. It's pretty cool. The slider needs to still step up a little. Uh, but I think it's helping out the fastball a lot, having that low changeup. And it was really nice to see last start. So I'm getting a lot more encouraged about okay. Giolito at the moment. Moving on to tier uh, five. Well, actually, you know what? I just had a thought. Hi. Take, instead of moving to tier five, Nick. What? We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. <laughs> Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well, from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. We are talking about tier five here. And the bread room. 
in the bread room, went from the murder room to the bread room. Um, <laughs> 29 through 34, Hugh Darvish, Luis Castillo, Lance Lynn, Nestor Cortez, Kyle Wright, and Framber Valdez. What's it called? Why is it called that? Ooh. Um, I'm going to call it. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to call it the berry tier. Now, berry, like, there are different types of spices fast. There are like seed spices, there are berry spices. And this is a berry one because you don't know if you should eat it or not. But they look so sweet. Ah, uh, that's, that's, that's quite lovely. And you didn't, you, like, you didn't even really have a lot of time to think about that. Um, um, one person we haven't really talked about uh, ad nauseum, uh, you know, because I do try to make sure we spread the wealth in the pictures that we were talking about, um, is the person who leads off this tier but falls into a new tier, dropping two spots. Uh, and that's Hugh Darvish. Now, he strikes out 10 Dodgers in that most recent spot, uh, start. He also gives up five earned runs. Didn't he also give up, like, 19 home runs in a row, <laughs> like, over a particular series of at-bats? Yeah, uh, what, what are you seeing uh, from Hugh Darvish? I honestly, I didn't really touch Hugh Darvish in this. This was about lifting Lucas Giolito, and then, of course, Max Scherzer showing up, and also Tony Gonsolin. Um, Chris Bassett left as well with COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I mean, you Darvish is you Darvish. You know, I, I really don't think that there's much different about him. He's a three five ERA right now. He has a good strikeout rate. It's the whip will be generally low, and that's that. You kind of call it a day. You hope that he stays with three five as opposed to going up to the three nine. Uh, he's going to perform what he is regardless of the opponent. You just start him, and that's he's the premium cherry bomb. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's how it is. The person who. Uh jumps the highest in this tier jumps into the tier himself rises four spots is Framber Valdez uh you know coming off fantastic start with thir- well I don't know about fantastic start if you're looking at K's it was a fantastic start 13 K's career high for him but he also has five walks it's kind of crazy to see five walks 13 K's yeah, right? a lot more than 107 pitches especially over six innings uh but yeah 13 K's thanks to 10 whiffs of course on what else other than that curveball really paired well with that sinker over the entire start. If you take a look at that strike zone plot, what was it about Framber Valdez, even with those five walks that caused you to jump him up four spots? I mean, the guy is cruising. Uh, the biggest knock I've had against Valdez has been his strikeout rate, but he had two straight games of seven strikeouts, then a five strikeout game, then this 13 one. I'm also really impressed that Valdez has lowered the hard contact rate dramatically on his sinker. Last three seasons were in 2019, 36%, then 46%, then 41%. And this year, Valdez's sinker only has a 30% hard contact rate. Mm. That's huge. That, that is such a big difference I, in just limiting damage. And a high strike rate, 68% on that, while the curveball is still a really good CSW pitch, 32% this year, 19% swing strike rate. And actually, that was the biggest thing that was really confusing to me was that Valdez was getting by with sinkers, but not curveballs. It's usually the reverse. And this start, he had both of them. That led to 13 strikeouts as the curveball got 10 whiffs on it, and then the sinker just dominated the zone as well. So if he has both of those, I mean, for a winning club like the Astros, there's an argument to be made that I'm still too low on Framber Valdez. The biggest question mark I have is that walk rate. 9% this year ranks 145th among all starting pitchers. I uh, mm-hmm. 113 whip is great for Valdez. Yeah. But I can see that falling to 122 by the end, right? And that's the thing that has held me down a lot. And also, you know, 23% strikeout rate, Framba Valdez is not going to have that at the end of the year. It's probably going to be like 20.6 or something like that, right? To be oddly specific. <laughs> um, but I, But maybe not. Maybe he does hold on to this. Maybe he does lower the walk rate a little bit, keeps that sub-3 ERA, keeps the whip around 115. And if he does, I mean, that's essentially a top-15 pitcher, right? 101 innings marks fifth highest in the majors right now. Mm. Uh, so it's good to see from Framber. He does go through phases like the great undulator a bit, right? That sure. Is, uh, Brios. But he does have the highest ground ball rate in the majors at 70%. And that does mean the ERA generally will be lower, but it should mean a higher hit per nine. And thus the whip at 113 should be higher. Ta-da. It's a fun, it's a, 
It's well done. It's a fun tier with him and Nestor Cortez. It's an interesting comparison as they're 32 and 34. Uh, there's a lot of fun conversation that you could have theoretically about why they are the way they are. You're just thinking that overall. Why are you the way that you are? Why are you the way you are? Um, <laughs> I imagine you're just thinking that Nestor Cortez a little less volatile when it comes to whip and ERA moving forward. Yeah, it's I mean, that's the thing is Valdez feels to me like he's a bigger whip pull down while well, there's actually still a higher ceiling for Cortez's strike rate, but the Val- Valdez is challenging that right now. But it does feel like Cortez should have a higher strike rate too. Moving on to tier six, which is our, our first chonker of the evening, it's 35 <laughs> through 47. I can't yeah, even I get it all in one screen here. Uh, wow, get a Gilbert. bigger screen, buddy. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, Logan Gilbert, Luis <laughs> Garcia, Spencer Strider, Christian Javier, John Gray, Joe Ryan, Mike Clevenger, Tristan McKenzie, Nick Pavetta, Patrick Sandoval, Jordan Montgomery, Zach Gallen, and Jeffrey Springs. What's it called and why is it called that? All right, I'm going to waste one. Uh, we're going to call this Posh Spice. Oh, lovely. Very yeah. good. Uh, because it's still relevant. These are the guys that are like... <laughs> still around you know it's not baby spice you know it's not ginger like posh spice is like okay you still have some name value you're still around you're still doing things um we'll start with uh, the guy who rises uh, the 12 spots very impressive and that's spencer strider i mean shuts down the dodgers going six frames no one runs no walks and seven k's backs that up with i think it was like a uh, wasn't it a no hitter for a while or was that Char- that might be charlie morton i'm thinking of who pitched the night after him but he, he goes six frames with one earned run one walk one hit and 11 k's against the reds just cooking with gas right now cooking it's not really going to reach 100 pitches often i think he's only done it once and that was in the middle of june against washington but he's just been he's he's kind of on one right now so there are a lot of things I want to mention about Spencer Strider. Uh, first and foremost, both him and Christian Javier, I I wrestled with their rank today. Um, and I initially was more conservative. I try as much as I can these days not to elevate young guys too high up too quickly. Mm. Um, I, understand, like, I, I do that in the back end, but not once he gets to the top 40. And... I just, I just said, you know what? Like, I, I love this guy's skill set and what he's doing. And comes down to he has the highest strikeout rate of any starting pitcher at thirty eight percent, second hardest average fastball ninety eight point three, um, which was a hundred and two point four. It was the max uh, fastball ever thrown, hardest yeah. pitch ever thrown by a starting pitcher in Stackhouse history. That was a strike, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, uh, I think actually just in general, I didn't, I didn't no. see the strike var- variable in there. Yeah, because it was only 102.4. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the highest is like Jordan Hicks, a little bit higher. Maybe I'm wrong. It but wasn't as a was... starter, not as a starter, though. Oh, oh. The Jordan Hicks hasn't was hit the it. Fastest strike. Interesting. Anyway, it might have been a strike. It was a strike. So great. It was dope. Uh, and somehow they found it off. Second highest swing strike rate, and also 11th highest or 11th best hard contact allowed, which I think is a really important takeaway here. You know, there's like Hunter Green who throws hard fastballs, but that is a hittable heater. Spencer Strider's is not. So the number one thing for me about Strider is strike rate. This, his stuff is so good for Seamer and Slider. As long as he gets these over the plate, he will have success, right? And at times when I've seen Strider struggle, like that six uh, earned run game against the Giants, both his four Seamer and Slider were under 60%, 60% strikes, right? And... I, I've been holding it against him a little bit, saying, oh, you might be just a cherry bomb. But if you look at his last five games, these like the f- last five times he defiantly started, he's dominated. Eight strikeouts, 11 strikeouts, and the bad one against the Jets for four, seven in the yeah. 11. Into those good starts, he allowed a total of three earned runs in those four games, right? And I mean, he beat the Dodgers in that. You know, it's it's not like he's beating up on all bad teams. I mean, he did beat up on some of the Reds and the and the Pirates in there, but in Spencer Strider's stuff is insanely good. Yeah, you know, like it, 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 his stuff is just that good. I said, you know what? Let's just throw him up there because I think anybody that has him right now is not giving him up for anything. And uh, there are some concerns about how long the uh, yeah Atlanta is going to push Spencer Strider. Yeah, that's this fine. year, I am someone. 
that would suggest everybody listening to not overplay in September. Mm. Uh, it happens a lot. We have no idea what's going to happen in September. We don't know how they're going to treat Spencer Strider before September. We don't know what position you're going to be in with your team in September. And maybe you're trying to play for two extra weeks. Those two weeks could go so many different ways. You might be able to find something else in that time that is a good one-start stream that replaces that anyway for Strider. Don't overthink it. Don't don't sacrifice whatever two months and change. And this is if Strider does get limited. Sure. I that would be of lower quality theoretically than Strider just for those extra two weeks or two, three starts, right? Just get that out of your head. And it's not like it's a top 10 guy you're losing, right? Just It's just a special Strider. Like just roll with it, have a good time with it and get to that place where you're at the top of your Roto standings or that you're in the finals in the first place. If you're head to head, you're going to need Strider to get there. Now, it's funny because uh, last week I was, you know, I was the antithesis of that argument where it was like, might be a good time to to trade him, sell high, especially if you're in a redraft, because, uh, you know, I, I do think it's good to, I mean, there's obviously so much uncertainty, but I will say this as a counter to the own point that I made, even if he does go to uh, the bullpen in a lot of formats, he's still beneficial for you mm. because he's going to be throwing gas and he's going to be even more effective, and he's just going to come in, give up no earned runs, give up no hits, and strike out three or four guys over one or two innings. You know what you I know, mean? You know, I was actually hearing that the the uh, the hitters, you know, the, the hitters of baseball don't have any struggles at the station because they just get all their gas from Spencer Strider. I don't know how that. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm scared of it, and I, <laughs> I, I, I choose. Not, I choose not to engage it. Everyone, engage gas it. prices are too high. Fast, okay? They get yeah. free gas from Spencer Strider. They're happy you live about in New it. York City and don't drive. And yet, I'm aware of this, and you're not. <laughs> I don't. I, what is it? The great Arrested Development quote. I don't understand the question, and I won't answer it. Yeah. Um, it. What cracks me up about this fast. tier? What cracks me up about this tier is we go. Luis Garcia, Spencer Strider, Christian Javier, look at all these old young guns. And then, hey, it's me, John Gray, guys. No, John Gray is so exciting. No, John Gray's throwing 96 plus right now with a six slider. It's like anyone who rosters John Gray right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. He has won you weeks the last couple weeks. Like it's, oh, John Gray is doing the thing. And in the beginning of the year, he was hurt. He didn't get into any rhythm whatsoever. Now he's in one. And we're all like, all right, John Gray, this is what we were waiting for the entire year. Oh, I'm stoked about him. So just that slider, you know. And being at 96 plus with the fastball, not like 94 and change or like or 95.3. But no, it's like 96.3 and 90, it's thrown hard and it's effective. Mm. Um, there is a person. It's a lot of exciting people, a lot of people rising, the people that we like yeah. to talk about. But I would be amiss. You already know yeah. where we're going. If we couldn't talk about the man who falls 20, uh, you know, not having a good go of it the past two starts, goes into cores, just two, uh, excuse me, just four strikeouts, three and runs over. Not really a terrible cores line. Doesn't really kill you. But the week before against San Diego, just not great. What are you thinking? Why, why are you so yeah, out? So, so this Allen? is something that I, I, you know, so when I lower guys a lot on the list, it's more of a mistake of previous weeks and less of that one that I feel like I need to correct. I I think I had too much faith in uh, Gallon's changeup returning in that uh, June 21st start at San Diego. Um, and that pushed him up a lot. And then he made two starts before this list happened last week. And mm-hmm. both starts change up not there. And it made me... You know, it, it, I didn't adjust Gallon after the level. I think I wanted to drop him, but then he had 11 Kings and the change was there. I left it. But then I was like, yeah, no, that was more of a Dennis kind of because the strikeouts just really hadn't been there. Um, that 11 strikeout game was the only game since uh, May 14th that Gallon struck out more than six, which is yeah. not, not what you want, right? He had, yeah. had nine against the Cubs on that May 14th start. So Gallon has not taken the strides that I want him to. And it's not that he's bad. I mean, he's still actually relatively high. He's inside the top 50 here. And you should be rostering him and holding on to him because, I mean, he's still a 3-4 ERA and uh, 105 whip so far. 23% K rate. I think how he's performed is really closer to about like a 3-6, 3-7 and a 110 whip or so. Um, it's just not the guy I wanted him to be. 
and he hasn't taken the strides forward, so I felt like I needed to drop him a bit. Okay, moving on to our next tier, tier 7, 48 through 53, Jose Barrios, George Kirby, Sean Manaya, Sonny Gray, Mackenzie Gore, Michael Kopech. What's it called, and why is it called that? <clears throat> this is called, okay, um, Cayenne Pepper, because I don't know if I like it or not. That's interesting. So the first person I kind of want to start with it fits into that theme. You see a guy with a 2.47 ERA, a 1.04 whip, and he's barely, he's not even cracking the top 50 in Sonny Gray. What did he do to you? <laughs> Sonny Gray has not had his breaker, breaking balls. He's got success with fastballs. And that's not the ticket to success for Sonny Gray. Until Sonny Gray shows me rhythm with both a curveball and a slider, like cruising for a bit, then he goes back up. But I think, honestly, Sonny Gray is just here. This is where he lives. He's going to have these starts of like nine strikeouts and two runs in 5.2 innings. And you're going to go, oh, my Lord, it's Sonny Gray. You know, like he's Jason Bourne or something. But it's not it's not the the true reality of who he is. Uh, so, so I think he's good. He's before the T rate, the, the, the great wall of Toby's as Twitch chat called it. Mm. Um, he's before that, but he's not the guy that you really want him to be. Interesting. You see, you know, uh, his lowest swinging strike rate since he was back in Oakland in 2016 at 9.4%. But I like also how you said Oakland, by the way, like you, like Oakland. Ga- you, 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 uh, I kind of just know, threw it up. Yeah, like, oh, Oakland. You like you lost Oakland. your breath. Yeah, I mean, you know you gag at Oakland. I feel bad for that franchise. I feel bad for the fans of that franchise. Yeah, not because I'm friend, sure yeah. they feel the exact same way that I do, where then the, the name of it just kind of gets stuck in their throat and makes them want to gag. Um, yeah, just if you don't have the rule of thumb is don't root for a team that is represented by a letter. <laughs> yeah, don't root root any of that stuff. <laughs> don't root for a team. Don't root root for the A's, the O's. It just doesn't. I don't know what you did or what the city of Baltimore did to you. Okay. <laughs> Fast. I've been doing this for seven years with you, six years. And uh, now was now was the year <laughs> that yeah, you're like, we, I've had enough. Because I feel like there, there's like, it's misplaced this year. Like this year, <laughs> like I even talked to Yankee fans who are like, man, the Orioles are really surprising me this year. Listen, they're about to walk it off too. It's the bottom of the 10th. It just started. I'm telling you, they're going to walk it off at the bottom of the 10th right now. Um, all right, let's move on to our next tier here. Uh, a, a little bit of a larger tier, tier 8, 54 through 61. Tywin Walker, Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright, Tyler Anderson, Carlos Carrasco, Noah Syndergaard, Jameis Tyone, and Martin Perez. What's it called and why is it called that? Oh, I had something for this and I completely... Fr- oh, no, it's Parsley. Okay. It's like, it's there. It's there. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, my God, you forgot the Parsley. Sure, <laughs> sure. It's just like, all right, yeah, I guess that adds to the dish. <laughs> so not not a big Simon and Garfunkel fan, I, I understand, if you're, if you're not big on you Parsley. You know, Paul Parsley. Simon, I performed at my graduation. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, my I God. Know. Yeah. You know who performed at my graduation? No one. That's insane. Are you, wait, are you talking about high school or college? College. That's wild. Why did he go to, to Brandeis? Because he was performing, I think, at like Mohegan Sun and they convinced him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll give you an honorary degree. Yeah. Play the boxer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Um, the first person we should talk about in this tier is the person who rises the most in this tier, approaching the top 50. Had that season last year that kind of surprised a lot of people. A lot of people curious to see if he was going to repeat, kind of started a little bit off, dealt with some injuries. And here we are right now with Taiwan Walker, goes into Cincinnati, picks up nine Ks, bouncing back from a pretty good Houston start where he doesn't give up any earned runs, but only ends up picking up three Ks over seven and a third. Again, that Cincinnati start in Cincy, Getting a good amount of called strikes. Whiffs weren't necessarily there for him. The K-Zone plot a little bit all over the place. But what are you thinking about Tywin Walker? He perplexes me. Uh, but he's had three of his last five starts with at least nine strikeouts. And it's a sub-3 ERA again. And I just throw my hands up and say, all right, whatever, Tywin. You know, some days the splitter goes zero for 17 CSW and he does it with four seamers and sliders like he did against Cincinnati. Sometimes he doesn't have a slider. Sometimes his fastball is bad. And I, I never know how to feel about this. I've said it before, but when you when I see a pitcher 
who has multiple ways of having success like this, where like this thing fails, but this thing steps up. Is that a positive or negative? It's often talked about as a positive of having all these assets that help. But what it means to me is that all of them can fail. Mm. And it's not a steady, like, I believe in his changeup and fastball tonight. You know what I mean? There isn't a sure. rock steady one. Yeah, Traditionally, it's a fastball, but I've actually kind of seen that not really be that great. So I, I always feel weird about it. I feel like it's more, you know, it's frag. It's yeah, it's more tenuous than you want it to be. But all right, you know, he's doing this and he's better than the the other essential. Like, I want to say Toby's, but like the ones that are like, hey, it's Miles Michaelis and Adam Wainwright and Tyler Anderson, Carlos Carrasco. Guys, like people are holding right now. Sure. Um, So he's the best one because he actually has like strikeout upside in doing it. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't dig it. Okay. The other person, uh, who, who jumps into this tier, uh, rises pretty considerably is Jameson Tyon who jumps six spots. So what was the rationale here to bring him into this new tier? I, I, I don't think I really, I guess uh, tier eight, nine, 10, 11, right? This is what I do. I always do groupings of, all right, eights are the Tobies. Nines are the higher ceilings, but you know, risky 10 is more Tobies. Uh, 11 is like okay intrigue but not nearly as good as tier 9 right so you're going to see those kind of little movements here and there but Tylen relative to the other Tobies is the same actually he's probably going to drop today after getting beat up by the Pirates after getting a little bit of a bad first inning against the Oakland Athletics before uh, so you might see I mean the thing is though like going from if Tylen were to leave tier 8 he would go to tier 10 mm-hmm. Um, which is going to be a drastic thing. He's going to go from like 60 to 73 and people are going to go, what, what a drastic fall. I'm like, no, it's because of the tier groupings. And I write in the notes. I made it very clear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And I know it's maybe not what you want. You maybe want them all interweaved, but it's just really hard because it's just, what are you looking for? What are you trying to go for? Right. Um, But with Tyone, I mean, he is part of a winning ball club. He generally, is better, you know, is is productive more often than he is detrimental. But right now he's he's it's falling apart a little bit for him, and I hope he can recover. Maybe it, this could very well be just a, um, a a full bias, but it seems like the Pirates are a weird trap offense, right? At times, sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Like sometimes teams just go in and go, "Oh yeah, cool, here's my twelve strikeout game." Exactly. And then sometimes, and, and it's happened repeatedly. We see, we saw it happen to Woodruff before the injury. We obviously just saw it happen to Tyon, not that they're necessarily in the same class of pitcher, but in the past 30 days, they've been kind of middle of the pack in terms of Woba, which is a surprise. I think that's yeah. because of Corneal ooze. You hear that clapping? Is that for Corneal? Is that because of Corneal ooze? It's not. It's because the it's Orioles, the Orioles won. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I was really proud of Corneal Ooze, though. But all right. Corneal Ooze, yeah. The, it's almost think. as good as the Orioles walking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, on a double. Ugh. Congratulations, Fast. I'm happy. Love to you, have Cedric this. Mullins. Love you, Cedric. Um, as I text one of your old friends who I've never met, uh, <laughs> uh, but we talk all the time now. Awesome, it should be. You guys are wonderful. Yes, Austin and I text all the time about the Orioles. Um, all right, moving on to Tier 9 here, 62 through 72, Aaron Ashby, Eric Lauer, Tarek Skubel, Tyler Molly, Blake Snell, Nick Lodolo, uh, Brian Bello, uh, Jose Urquidy, Alex Cobb, Alex Wood, and Hunter Green. What's it called? Why is it called that? Oh, right. I have to come up with something. With a spice. Yeah. I'm going to call it the hot ones because mm. these, these are the ones you want to invite to sit down with you and really have a chat and figure it out. Sure. You know? Yeah, definitely. And there's a few guys who are figuring it out in, in, in different directions. Uh, Aaron Ashby, for example, probably still trending uh, in the right direction, makes his first return from what was, you know, hopefully a forearm injury that's not going to bother him for the rest of the season. And here he is against Pittsburgh, just going three and two thirds with four and runs, one walk, but picking up the six Ks thanks to mostly the called strikes. Didn't really get as many whiffs as you would expect to see from Aaron Ashby. Strikes on plot a little all over the place. So you just saying hey how is this still ill and now we move on yeah it's uh we understand now ashby you're healthy hopefully and now you have your rotation spot and he's one of those guys that 
we know the potential of Ashby. There are a lot of them down here who we just hope are like a top 60 guy, top 50. Ashby has legitimate top 30 talent. Uh, It's just a matter of time of getting the time on the hill and experience and developing that and figuring out how to use a sinker and and, uh, attack batters effectively. I mean, just look at Shane McClanahan. Last year, he had a 127 whip or something like that, right? And look who he is now um, with similar velocity. So it's a matter of time. It's just, all right, I understand that you want to hold on to your Miles Michaelis and your Adam Wainwright instead of that. So fine, I'll put Ashby at the top of this tier. Now, this is a little surprising to me. Even you know, Eric Lauer sits 93 again. Don't look at the start. negative two. Do not look at the negative two. So what I'm paying attention to here is the negative two. Uh, no! So what is it? <laughs> what is it about the negative? No, right. So, I mean, so Eric Lauer, 21 whips on his four-seamer against the Cubs on Monday, which is oh, insanity. That's insane. That is the highest amount of whiffs on a single pitch type in any game this year. And how do you repay him? How do I repay him? Well, I'm going to say, hey, Eric, don't go three whips on your four-seamer in the previous start. Try and make it a little bit more believable that this is sustainable. Okay. Right? Um, And I don't know. I mean, the other game that he excelled at was also the Cubs. Now, there is something to be said. I actually looked at it later after the list. There's a lot of talk about Eric Lauer moving on the mound, new horizontal release point that may have helped. We've seen that before. Guys shift on the mound. We've talked about it a lot over the years, over the 300-plus OTC podcasts we've done mm-hmm. of guys wow. shifting on the mound. You know, like David Price doing it back in, like, 2017 or something, right? Jose Barrios a couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so maybe that is it with Eric Lauer. I, who knows? I just really want to see... You know, it's interesting that there are times that I say, oh, cool, here's this thing that is not results based at all that I'm going to lean into. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, OK, how does he do, do the next time with it? You know, is really what matters most. And I'm not ready to just say that that is going to be a great start next. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the Pirates, though. And maybe that is a trap right fast. It's a trap. Uh, Could be. Yeah, it's a tarp, I would say. I, uh, but yeah, it's. I'm, I'm curious. I didn't want to push Lauer above all the guys who have been so consistent, so I put him down here. I have to address uh, the elephant in the room. Tarek Skubal not been himself recently. No. He pointed to you know a couple of starts ago in San Francisco had at least an okay four seamer. Then he comes out against Kansas City, and I mean, man, he's he's just kind of uh, he's it was it was a struggle. He was a little bit all over the place. I mean. He wasn't able to really spot much effectively. He wasn't sitting that four-seamer at the top of the zone. I mean, I guess the changeup was okay, but the slider, which he was predominantly throwing, seemed a little bit all over the place. End of the day with just seven whiffs, not a single whiff on that four-seamer. He's just looking a little bit lost right now. Yeah, it's it's a case where maybe the all-star break helps him. You know, I talk about it with the Vargas rule of the winter is the is the wall, right? Like, that interrupts you, and that's bad. But it can also be a good thing to get out of the current rhythm if it's negative, right? Mm. And maybe Scooble can take that extra time, reset himself, uh, and get to a place where he's productive again. I mean, even though you see the negative 28, that's me correcting for the mistakes of not dropping him farther in previous weeks. Uh, they're still inside the top 65. You should still be considered as he's inside this tier 9. And I'm not going to count him out for the entire year, but yeah, it's a case where you don't want to start him next start. Okay. Two guys that we should uh, touch upon real quickly, um, Nick Lodolo and Brian Bello, Safari Planet. Um, Nick Lodolo has a real nice return, four and two thirds against the Mets with eight strikeouts. What's that going to do for his value? Looking forward. Okay. So first of all, it's Brian Bayo. And oh, Brian no. Fellows was one of my favorite skits growing up. That is the We're funniest gonna, that goat has devil eyes is just in my heart forever. Okay. <laughs> um, but Nick Lodolo, I mean, for, with Bayo, we just don't know what the Red Sox is going to do. Is he going to come up for one game? Is it all this? But hey, if he comes up and is fantastic, that is the guy to pick up. And this is the tier nine of just all dreams and fantasies. Like, here it is. So why not? Brian Bay- Bayo inside of that tier, right? Because tier 10 is just like, whatever. Here's a Toby. Go and have fun. Um, so Nick Lodolo... 
I was really into Nick Lodolo. I said at the beginning of the year, I preferred Nick Lodolo to Hunter Green. Looked like an idiot for months. <laughs> and Nick Lodolo, I think, did showcase lots of moments where the slider was really nice down and into right-handers and paired with a really excellent fastball. Eight strikeouts tonight against the Mets, right? Uh, I'm curious to watch that one. I haven't been able to see it yet. Uh, it could be the start of Nick Lodolo getting comfortable in Cincinnati, actually being a productive 12-teamer arm for the rest of the year. We'll see how that goes. But it's exactly the kind of player that I would be taking the chance on at the end of my 12-teamer staffs. Picked up as many whiffs as Max Scherzer and ah. fewer, fewer, fewer batters faced. So uh, very, very impressive to see from him. Moving on to Tier 10 here, 73 to 82, Paul Blackburn, Corey Kluber, Marco Gonzalez, Drew Rasmussen, David Peterson, Merrill Kelly, Cal Quantrill, Chris Flexen, Devin Smeltzer, and Tyler Wells. What's it called and why is it called that? Okay, I'm going to do this even though I don't really mean it, but I whatever. It's the cumin tier because that is the devil spice to me. Really? I, I cannot do cumin. Cumin is is just I don't I don't understand. No, I, it, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating to me because there's a lot of food that I know is amazing, and then I I can it's just laced in cumin. And you know what the devil stinks. You you missed an opportunity. You know what's the devil spice? What is it? Fast seitan. Yeah, but no, but it's not though. It's actually cumin because it's no, it's destroying. seitan. How would I you under? I understand uh-huh. the joke fast. But I don't think you do. <laughs> I don't think, uh, all right. So uh, we're talking about the devil's spices here. Uh, the first Just go away, jump, Toby. I don't want to talk to you. The first person to jump considerably, a guy whose curveball we featured uh, in the Nick and Alex Baseball podcast a couple of weeks ago, and that's Paul Blackburn leading tier 10. What is it about Paul that made him jump up to uh, up 13 spots? I cannot believe it, everybody. I can't believe it. He would call it's called the Nick and Alex baseball show. Oh, I said Nick and Alex, but it's, it's 1102. You think you're tired? <laughs> Try having Fast. a 13 week. I literally have the banner for the Nick and Alex baseball show on the screen <laughs> right in front of you. That's very funny. <laughs> it's right there. It says show. Listen, when it's good, it's good. And that was good. <laughs> What would it's good? It's good. Unbelievable. I mean, Paul Blackburn, you know, he's someone that I've said the entire year is not really that game changer for you. But mm. hey, you know, he's been that guy for a lot of 12 teamers that they just have hung on to Paul Blackburn. And he's been a little bit more productive than the other guys on this tier. So good job, Paul Blackburn. Super uh, proud of you. Drew Smoosen returns to oh, wow. the list. Uh, what? <laughs> Just the way you said that was like you were burping in the middle of his name. Uh, well, so much for that cover. Uh, <laughs> he returns uh, at number 76. Uh, not the best debut, although he's kind of thrown into the flames against Toronto. Four and two thirds of the one and run, two total runs, two walks and two Ks. Not that's really Rasmussen. <laughs> that's all you need to know. I mean, that that's that's Rasmussen, man. Mm. That's what that's what he that's what he does. I don't know. He goes like five innings of like two runs and like two strikeouts. You always hate. Yay! Him. You never. I never. Him. Well, I wanted to. There was a moment he got nineteen whiffs between his cutter and his slider, and it was amazing. And then it just didn't happen again. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, moving on real quick. What what is it about Chris Flexen that kind of keeps him from being in the Toby tier? Because he kind of seems kind of like a this is a Toby tier. Oh, I thought Toby tier was uh, tier eight. There are multiple Toby tiers. Uh, it goes Toby upside, Toby upside, and there's like different separations of it. But Chris Flexen hasn't been as consistent. He has a four ERA and a 140 whip this year. 17% K rate. Like, not really that dependable for you, but he just had eight strikeouts and zero runs against the Padres and had really good command of that cutter. I really dug it. So fine. You're back over here, Flexen. All right, uh, moving on then to tier uh, tier 11, excuse me, uh, 83 through 91, Josiah Gray, Trevor Rogers, Kyle Hendricks, Michael Lorenzen, Rowanzi Contreras, Graham Ashcraft, Zach Plezak, Aaron Savali, and Ian Anderson. What's it called? Why is it called that? I'm running out fast. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> I'm going to say it's called Fire and Spice. Um, mm, okay. 
I can right. go. I can give a pun. I can give a pun. Yeah, there, right. Sure. Give a pun. Give me, give me, give me that. A, a song of fire and spice. All right. Um, and I. Uh, because these guys throw hard, and then there's the spicy changeup from Kyle Hendricks. Oh, okay, very nice. Um, yeah, I'm not so, going to call one meatball for you. I mean, maybe actually the next tier, tier twelve, is the meatball tier for like they throw meatballs. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I think there's a good way to wrap up the next tier, but I'm just, I'm curious okay. to see if you go with it. Um, wow. Uh, Trevor, a lot of pressure. Trevor Rogers maybe looks like he turns it around a little bit against the start in in New York on the twentieth. He's featuring the changeup and the four seamer as usual. They're, they're picking up a really good amount of whiffs. Every pitch is getting whiffs like crazy. And then what does he do? He comes back out against Washington and really not seeing what we wanted to see. Are you buying maybe that the the the, the Trevor Rogers that we saw against the Mets is maybe who he can be moving forward? Or we still need to see a lot more before we're going to be excited about him? Well, okay. So they had two starts against the Mets. One was seven strikeouts that had a lot of whiffs. Second one, not as much. And this recent one against the Nationals, Trevor Rogers did the Blake Snell blueprint a bit. Change-ups down, sliders down. Vax does not know what the mute button is. Uh, so he's just going to yawn all the way. Did you hear and, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I, so I quietly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh God, I mean, I don't know if anyone really... really noticed. I did, but it was really oh, fun. Gosh. I like calling out fast on the podcast. And then fastballs up for uh, for Trevor Rogers. Uh, so there is an indication like, hey, that approach does work. And that's how he had one earned run in five innings. Um, so Trevor Rogers, if he does that, then I think the whiffs should return on that changeup. Only two out of 24, but there were good locations. Um, so, there, you know, it's, it's, it's going in the right direction, maybe. I'm not totally out on Trevor Rogers. There is hope for the second half, but you can't like lean on it right now. Uh, I'd like to take this time to publicly apologize to Ronzi Contreras for fully cursing him in our last podcast. Uh, I said that he was probably going to break down at some point. Wasn't really buying it. And then he just really implodes. But the other implosion was the guy who follows him on the list, dropping 19 spots to number 88. That's Graham Ashcraft. Not a great start against Milwaukee a few weeks ago. Bounces back. Fantastic against the Giants. Eight innings pitched with no walks, eight Ks, and two earned runs. And then just gets shellacked by the Cubs. You seem like you've had enough of Graham Ashcraft. Yeah, that was a Dennis. Like, if you know Dennis from 30 Rock, he shows up but doesn't last long. Mm. And uh, that yeah, that was eight innings, eight strikeouts, two earned runs. It was so weird considering that Ashcraft had not struck a uh, fan more than five batters at all in a single game this year. And that was just once when he did that. So it, it's volatile down here. It's jumping between the two upside tiers, right? So the movements are often double digits if they are drastic, right? Um, and so, yeah, you get out of the other one to chase and now you're in the secondary one and maybe he does turn it around, but his command was so bad against the Cubs. I mean, yeah. Graham Ashcraft was putting these these cutters and chain and sliders just right in the middle, and it's like, dude, you can't do that. You're no Eric Lauer, okay? You can't don't do you that, Ashcraft. Don't, yeah. you don't you forget it? Yeah, okay. Don't you forget it? I'll remind you every podcast. Uh, moving on to the finer final tier tier 12, <laughs> the fighter tier yes <laughs> one of the fighter tiers here <laughs> two through 100 kyle gibson patrick corbin yusei kikuchi zach granke ross stripling justin Steele, jose quintana josh Minkowski, and mitch white what's it called why is it called that first of all you didn't say it right it's justin Steele. oh i don't like that. and okay well all right that's what it is <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Hot 97 okay. uh, because that's a radio station I never listened to. Uh, uh, and it's also hot, like spice. I was hoping you were going to bring it home with scary spice because they're all a little terrible. I already did that, though. I already did, did spice posh. No, and but I did... felt like that was too much to dip in. Okay. It was there. It was on the dome. Okay, you know? sure, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, does Patrick Corbin owe you money? Uh, does Patrick Corbin know that he's maybe figured it out with Sinker's arm side all of a sudden that's separating really well from the slider and he actually ditched the four seamer as last start? But you would have known that if you read my roundups. I did know that he picked up 15 whiffs on the slider two starts ago, and the start after it was not as good. Seven, uh, but, but really good command, though. Good separation of everything. I just don't want to see you get hurt again, and we all know where this is. He's at going. 93! Still, 
I'll make it hurt if he stinks. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, Fast. Mitch White was supposed to start today, and he didn't. So this, this is the last bone to pick I have with you. I don't like seeing the number 100 be a guy who fell into it. I want yeah, to see I know. a guy who this is This is the apology. This is the apology. This is it? Yeah, it's Mitch this White. This is a mistake? The whole okay. Mitch White thing was like, I, I did that. I was like, oh, Fast is going to hate this. I'm so sorry. You could even switch White and Winkowski. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But Mitch White felt better to me. <laughs> All right. That sounds spiteful. I'm well, it was like I, I wanted to talk about Mitch White. I was really excited because he was going to go tonight instead of Papio. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I think this guy, okay, he's got a really nice breaking ball. And the fastball is the really question mark, but he might get be a nice secret streamer, that kind of thing. And I was like, it's a perfect thing of a 100 pounds like, oh, the negative four and oh he's not even starting tonight now okay so i'm sorry i just think that winkowski deserved it a little bit more you know what i did mean did i not preface this like 45 minutes ago i know i know i and I, I accept i accept your apology that's really <laughs> the most important thing um that's the most important <laughs> thing nick i would say correct me if i'm wrong this of the we might have gotten a bit long on this one yes i was gonna say of the 331 this is the best podcast we've ever done no <laughs> not a chance no it was fun and i, no, I gotta say i'm impressed you took the spice theme you ran with it and no, I, 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 i'm pretty right. impressed you i'd give that a solid b plus i really oh, i'll take that I, I really i really would i think it's i think it was a really great effort um, yeah I, there's some there's some creative ones in there i think I mean, i'm glad i hit the dune one that you wanted the dune one i really wanted yeah, to I, was hear. A, I wasn't gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think, I, I think everyone's going to be really most impressed to it because everyone, we all read the comments. We know that your, your skills in terms of ranking pitchers <laughs> is gone, but we know, <laughs> we know that you're, uh, you can, you can do a tier with the best of them. But that's going to do it for episode number three thirty one of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host Alex Fest, and I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow nights with the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. Nick and Alex Baseball Podcast. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>